It's episode 43. Katrin Villema Oatsing is an expert at Facebook marketing, working on it for over 10 years, both in media and creative agencies. During that time, she has acquired a ton of knowledge and experience, and she's willing to share it with you. From retargeting to utilizing exclusions, lookalike audiences to video views, Katrin knows her stuff. We're going to look at campaign planning, the structure, and how to analyze. Please enjoy the episode. Thanks for being a fab listener and support me by subscribing and telling your friends. Welcome to the Johnny Ross Audio Experience. I'm Johnny Ross, founder and digital marketing strategist of Fleet Marketing. Each podcast, I'll be bringing you an expert to inspire you, to give you some great business growth takeaways, and to get you thinking about marketing and the bigger picture of how businesses can improve, adapt, and grow. I look forward to sharing this with you on each podcast. So here we go. Hi and welcome. Uh, this is another live Q&A, another podcast. We are live on Facebook. We are live on YouTube. We're live on LinkedIn. Welcome. Thanks for joining. Uh, if you're watching this on replay, please pop hashtag replay in the comments so that I know how people watch this. If you're listening, thanks for being a listener. Uh, we're going to be talking to Catherine uh, today. Catherine, uh, you're in Estonia. Uh, how's Estonia? Is it, is it as hot as the UK today? It's about 23 in Estonia, Estonia at the moment, is it? It's not 23. I think it's maybe 21, but 21. more or less. But but last yeah. week we had like up to 30. So <laughs> yeah, well, we're, I think that's what we're we're going to hit today. Uh, but yeah, thanks for being here. Just to let people know if you are watching or listening uh, and you've got questions, please do use the chat. Uh, please do ask questions with pleasure. Um, and, um, and it would be great to get you involved. We're going to be talking about Facebook today. So uh, uh, Katrin, I'm going to try this. Katrin uh, Villaman Oting. Villaman Oting. It's not Billy right. Billy Martin. Billy Martin. Almost close. 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 <laughs> and, and Oting stands for search in Estonian. Yes. Oting means search in Estonian. So you were born to be in digital marketing? Well, I kind of married this name. The Vilima part is the one I was ah. born with. So. <laughs> <laughs> good point but, but, but still it's going well so far this isn't it <laughs> uh, so but it's brilliant that you're here thanks for joining us um you have your uh your, your sort of your your speaker you've got uh your own small agency over in estonia you're a freelancer a consultant um and uh, very heavy on strategy we're going to be talking about uh, Facebook advertising today. We're going to be talking about the campaign planning, the structure, the analyzing. You've also got uh, big skills in terms of uh, Google Analytics and Google Ad Ma Ads Manager. Um, and um, and I wanted to talk. You know, one of the things that gets me whenever I'm setting up a Facebook campaign is even just picking a campaign objective. Um, you know, there's there's so many to choose from, from awareness to consideration to conversion, and lots within that. Uh, that it would be great to step into that. We're also going to be talking about remarketing um, and uh, and ways of driving traffic to the site to start remarketing campaigns. Uh, Mafadal's already asked a question. Thanks for joining us. Uh, how you how do we perceive WhatsApp business solutions? Um, do you do much WhatsApp marketing, Catherine? No, uh, because WhatsApp isn't that popular here. Most people are using Messenger, so it's. Uh... 
it's also interesting to see how it works out because I know that Facebook uh, bought it, so it's uh, it's going uh, going to be more heavily advertised, I guess. But uh, currently, Messenger here is the thing that most people are using, and WhatsApp is more more or less like this smaller smaller part. I don't know in what? UK do people you use WhatsApp more. Yeah, WhatsApp is huge, and I think there is opportunity there. But I think you are have the danger of stepping into personal life on whatsapp um and um and so i think you've got to be very careful in my opinion about using it for you using you've got to be careful how you use it for business um so let's go to the question um katrin uh if you were to do a facebook campaign um and you know you're about to start the campaign how on earth do you go about picking a campaign objective when you first sign into the business facebook account well, uh, before you start to actually set up the campaign, there are certain steps that you have to think of before. For example, what is the overall strategy and the objective of the campaign? Because sometimes you want more sales, sometimes you want to announce that you have a new product, and sometimes you just need uh, your name out there because you're brand new and nobody knows you. And that's actually the part that determines what kind of settings you are going to choose for your Facebook campaign. And for your question, yeah, at first it might be very hard to choose the objective, but when you actually know what is the purpose of the campaign, what are you trying to achieve, then it's quite easy because uh, the advice is that choose the objective that is most closest to the objective that your overall campaign is supposed to get. And what I know from my experiences that especially smaller, smaller companies, they want everything. They want fame and sales at the same time. So for that reason, I have a suggestion to run two campaigns, one with the objective of sales and the other one for reach or awareness. Because if you want uh, something in between, you get the results that are in between. So Facebook is very good with optimizing. You just have to give uh, it the data it needs for the algorithms to work. So that that's generally my advice. And if you're going to run two campaigns, is there a risk of you uh, putting each campaign against each other if the targeting and the uh, if the targeting is the same? Yes, that uh, you can see actually how much your campaigns are overlapping. If you go to your ad set settings and see there's this, uh, you can choose inspect and under that you can see the overlap. And if it's quite big, then yeah, your campaigns are kind of crashing into each other. But you can manage it by uh, doing different targeting strategies. And also what I do is I exclu use exclusions. For example, if I do a retargeting campaign, uh, I then exclude people who have heard of me from the prospecting campaign. So that way I can create audiences that aren't that uh, overlapping. And so, yeah, you, you generally I create audiences for like, or like campaigns based on the user journey. So it's uh, awareness for new people, and uh, sales for the persons who are kind of hot already so they have heard about you so you can specifically exclude people that have seen one campaign already uh, you can exclude people who have like visited your website like everything you can target you can exclude as well so yeah. 
that sometimes yep. people forget yep. that they can also and, use exclusions. Okay. And the uh, so on the brand awareness side of things, as a small business, could you end up just throwing a lot of money away for just you know for 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 people just seeing the brand? Is that is that a good enough objective? Is that is that strategic for a small yeah. business? If your budgets are quite low or the audience that you're trying to target is bigger, then uh, getting awareness in, that, uh, in this audience can be quite costly. So therefore, uh, it helps if you will narrow your audience or you will think of uh, ways how to get uh, in front of people cheaper. For example, using video views. You don't need traffic like... Yeah, we talk, so we were talking about this in the green room. Talk to me about video views. T tell me more about this and how uh, and and your strategy of of uh, using videos in adverts. Well, how I have used videos uh, in terms of getting attention is that if you have created a video that uh, is explaining your uh, brand or the product that you're offering, and it's done well, people will actually watch it. And buying video views from Facebook is a lot cheaper than buying clicks to your website. And uh, if you are just buying video views, it might be not so smart. But if you actually create an audience out of people who have watched your video, you can retarget them. You can remind them that, hey, this product is still here. And you can add an offer and a call to action to it. Because the purpose of the video is generally building trust about your company uh, and maybe explaining what's the product about. But uh, the people are usually not buying when they first find out about something. They need some time to decide. And that's when the retargeting uh, comes into play. So you would do a retargeting campaign based on people that have watched the video, which I think is a very clever idea because... You've got that whole thing of people need to see things maybe seven times before they actually start, you know, doing something. Um, and so, you know, what? A, yeah, what a clever idea. So, do you go quite broad on the video campaign then to sort of open the funnel? Yes, uh, as I do most of my campaigns in Estonia, and the population of Estonia, for those who don't know, in Facebook is like less than a million people, like the whole country. So it's not that expensive to run quite broad audiences. Facebook recommends that your audience uh, should be at least 100,000 people. Or like most countries, it's, it's a piece of cake. So uh, what I've seen is that recently, or like uh, Facebook algorithms are getting better and better. So if you are, have a campaign that uh, you are willing to run for at least two weeks, then you can just train your uh, campaign, your pixel, your, your everything on Facebook. Uh, to find the people that actually are most interested uh, about your products because Facebook knows a lot of stuff about people. So if you are not that keen on finding the best uh, keywords or targeting, then you can just uh, target based on location or age or uh, like are they male or female. Just exclude the people you know that are certainly not your clients and then let Facebook find find the ones that are the oh, most so, suitable for you. Oh, so what you're saying, right? Okay, so what you're saying is just just do it on some really basic demographics, and from the content of the advert, and from the 
uh, that knowing the page it's attached to, Facebook will actually then decide who best to show it to. Yes, and it's uh, the algorithm is learning from your own data. So the better your data is, the, be the faster you will get results. Meaning that if you are creating a video that clearly states who it's for and who it will benefit, the people who will stay to watch the video, Facebook will learn from it. They will profile the people who are looking at your videos. They will profile the people who are clicking at your ads and they will find similar people. And uh, that's why I also use a lot of lookalike audiences because they work better than the general keyword-based uh, or like interest-based targeting, especially when you have uh, your current customers and you can upload a list of emails or phone numbers and creating a lookalike out of those has uh, worked really good for me. And, and the only thing to think about is really the quality of the data because uh, I, ha I have an example like when a person used lookalike audiences and uh, thought that this is... Uh, crap it's not working but she made a lookalike out of her facebook page fans but uh, if i uh, asked her how uh, she had gathered the fans it was through a like and share campaign so the people the fans were there for free stuff not for her brand and creating a lookalike out of them just got her more people who were interested of free stuff so it's like use logic when you create your strategy. Uh, and in fact, actually, a lot of um, small businesses that have uh, Facebook pages, their audience is made up of friends and family initially um, and colleagues. So I guess that would be a really good example of not creating a, a yeah. lookalike from there. But interestingly, what you were talking about was uploading email lists or, or phone numbers of clients or customers and doing a lookalike from that, which is just a brilliant idea. Um, and uh, and and what so what other lookalike audiences would you create then? Well, uh, one of them is like based on your email list and the phone numbers that I, that I said. Yep. But also, if you are tracking events on your uh, website, for example, if you have trained your pixel to record uh, email subscribes, add to carts purchases, any kind of actions that you can track on your, basically anything on your website can be tracked if you have set it up. If it's uh, URL based, you can do a custom conversion. So you don't even have to do this uh, pixel event tracking that can seem a bit technical for some. And creating, yeah, lookalikes out of it also works. So you could do it even based on, uh, you know, if you offer a number of different services across the website, you could uh, base it on with people that have visited this particular page or this particular page yeah yeah and, and, definitely yeah, yeah okay and, and and no go on yeah and also you can uh, uh do it like the, with blog posts if you are blogging about different topics and you have a new blog post you can say that i want people who have read this and this and this blog post then you can target them see i have another article on the same topic or some people also target uh, uh, based on sections on their website. For example, if you have a section for business clients and uh, like these private clients, you can target based on keywords you have in your uh, website URLs. So if you have some categories, you can also target by uh, that. And uh, uh, and the numbers. So you know, again, some of the 
a lot of the companies you work for are, are small, less than 10 staff, et cetera. Um, one of the issues that I've always heard about remarketing on Facebook is that, you know, unless you've got a decent number, it doesn't work. What That's not the case. You, you tell me more about the, the numbers and, and the sort of minimums, but also if it is a problem, how you drive more numbers. Well, it is a problem if you have very small audiences. The minimum that Facebook allows you to target is 100 people. But doing a separate campaign for like 100 people may seem not so like cost effective because you need to set it up, you need to create the copy, the creatives, that the time and effort might not be worth it. But you can grow your audiences uh, quite easily. Uh, you can do organic stuff. You can uh, post on Facebook groups, for example. You can uh, also uh, do SEO, like you know so if, a lot so of. If, if just digging into Facebook groups a moment, because you've you you were saying to me that there's huge opportunity on Facebook groups. Give me some examples of how you would get traffic to the website in a Facebook group. Well, generally, it works that you should. Join the groups that are in your field that uh, are active and uh, contribute there. If you are writing a blog post, then you can share it on relevant groups. It, usually, it's not very wise to just promote your product because you will be kicked off. But, yeah. uh, but you can uh, add value. And what also I have used, uh, some, uh, some groups uh, not allow it, but some do, is if you... Uh, post under your company like you can join groups as a page as a not Facebook as a page. private person yes and then you can also make a retargeting list out of people who have engaged with your page like uh, page engagement so the people who have reacted to your posts can be added to your retargeting list and if you can't join the group as a uh, page you can also do it as a private person uh, you can reshare a video that is posted on your Facebook page. And you can also make a retargeting audience out of people who have watched a certain video. So if you are sharing videos across uh, groups, you can actually get the people inside the groups in your retargeting audiences. So if you know that someone has gathered uh, like the audience that is exactly right for you, so that's also uh, a strategy you can use to, to grow your retargeting audience faster than just your website visitors. So, so ideally, you do it as a company, your company page. But if not, you could do it as an ind individual within the group. But what is that? That's what you're saying, yeah? Yeah, but you have yeah. to uh, like share a video that is posted on your uh, mm -hmm. Facebook page. Yeah. So th then you can yeah, create the audience out of the video viewers. And, and but then then the question becomes, you know, how can you produce a video that is good enough to put in a group? And I guess you've got to make sure that that video is just full of resource and help or fun or humor, something that's not about your brand necessarily, but more about entertaining or helping the audience that's in the group. Yeah, entertainment, like entertainment and education together are like both of the uh, two topics that are trending or like that get most results and what i've also done is that if it's for example in marketing uh, people like to see case studies and if you share a case study in form of a video you can also get uh, yeah and, and and videos are also like smaller uh, like in canva you can create a 
video that is maybe just two slides just changing, but it counts as a video. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. My concern, though, was, you know, take a case study, for example, the majority of groups I can think of would not let you post a case study because, you know, it's just trying to sell services, really. Um, so it's so for me. So so I'm not sure what your experience is, but for me, I think it's got to be, you know, quite far from the business and really sort of helpful, resourceful, funny. Yeah, it, it depends. The case study can be like see how I got results and how, what how I did it, and uh, it might be found useful. But you definitely have to see what are the rules of the depends group. Depends on owner. the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depends on the group. Okay, so we talked about Facebook groups, but also specifically uh, video views to build remarketing lists. You went on to talk about organic SEO. Um, what other ways would there be to build? Um, to, to get more traffic to remarket to? Well, this what we're doing right now. Live videos also get a lot of uh, reach on Facebook, on LinkedIn. Uh, it seems that there's a war between social media channels. <laughs> like everybody are pushing their own live videos. So if you have a choice between just posting a regular post versus doing a live video then definitely try the live video and add your links to it and like i said you can retarget video views as well they don't have to click they just have to watch it to watch the so, video yeah and uh, if you haven't created retargeting video uh, lists based on videos there's like a wide uh, choice you can target people as little as who have just seen three seconds of it or you can target people who have seen 95% of it. So what I uh, I listened one lecture from uh, Frank Kern, and he is uh, doing this strategy. He is posting long videos, maybe 30 or 60 minutes, and he's retargeting people who have committed, who have actually watched like 30 minutes or so. So he knows that this is a really hot audience that you can sell to. Really interesting. And, and and just talking about e-commerce, you talked about uh, in the green room. We were talking about uh, dynamic retargeting, so that's based on um, a product that someone, a product page that someone's been on, and then showing that specific product to the person again on Facebook. Talk to me more about that. Yeah, this works really well for e-commerce stores. Generally, uh, you can upload your product catalog to Facebook and you can connect it with your Facebook pixel so that if people are watching different products on your website, you can retarget them based on what they have watched. I, I'm pretty sure everyone here has at least one pair of shoes or something that has like tracked them uh, through Facebook and, and, and said, reminded that uh, you have to buy it. So it's, um, it's a great way to personalize ads uh, with uh, well, the effort is uh, small when you have actually set it up. The, the dynamic retargeting is just a couple of clicks on Ads Manager, but for it to work, you just need the initial effort to set up the catalog, uh, set up your pixel to actually like record the information about the products. But the good news is that if you have a uh, like a platform like for WooCommerce and Shopify, they have like automated solutions for it. So you don't actually need a developer to set it up. You just need a couple of days maybe to 
get yourself uh, like into YouTube and look some tutorials. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I think that uh, about perhaps 70% of your uh, audience uh, or clients are e-commerce and uh, a lower percentage are uh, B2B service industry. Uh, for me, it's the other way around. What, it's more difficult. Do you agree it's more difficult to sell services on Facebook? And, and, is, and do you, should there be a different strategy? What, what, how do you go about that? Well, services are quite often based on trust. So they are... Um, they, the value is the bigger, so the convincing is also a bit harder. But if you have won the client, most likely it, she will stay longer. But um, for services, you need to uh, like explain more. What are you actually offering? What are the values? Because it's hard to show your service on a picture. Like uh, it's, uh, it's much easier when it's uh, like uh, a product and someone sees it on the picture she likes it and she buys it but if it's a service you need to explain what are your um, like uh, what what are you actually offering and how are you better than everyone else so the uh, the sales cycle might be a bit longer and uh, and you have to get more strategical with, with this retargeting and building trust so so it might be around using a number of different campaigns to take people on a journey so they've mm -hmm. seen they've seen something they've seen a, a funny video uh perhaps you then remarket them to give them to build a bit more trust you then remarket them to do some education you then remarket them to hopefully go ahead is that the sort of process we're talking yeah yeah exactly it's uh it uh how it's done the best way is that just take maybe three up to five your best clients who are using your services and ask them how they found you what are the pros and cons using you and then you can get some data points like how are people actually deciding on the services and then you can uh, like reverse engineer it in your marketing like they want to know that they have the problem they then they want to know how you can offer a unique solution uh, case studies how can you like be in the right time with the right message for the right person and then close the deal because uh, yeah usually you don't decide on choosing a service in one day you have to think of like longer perspectives yeah okay good um sorry, sorry i thought you were still talking uh, so um we've talked about the uh, campaign setup um and we've we've to some extent talked about the structure, but in, in terms of the structure of the campaign, are there any key points that you would suggest we should consider when we're building any campaign on Facebook? Well, yeah, the way that Facebook works, like I said, that their algorithms are getting better. It's, uh, it's more useful uh, to run campaigns for longer and uh, have less campaigns in your account. Try to uh, mix them together as much as possible so that uh, if you, uh, you get results, they are in the one, they are in the same ad set. Because uh, the way Facebook optimizes is, the, is usually on the level of the ad set, meaning that the targeting. And if you are tracking sales or something, then the more data points you have in one ad set, for example, you get uh, a lot of purchases, then 
the better uh, the pixel data gets and you can get more um, uh, like uh, hassle-free uh, results because you don't have to like uh, change the targeting. The only thing you have to see is that uh, how is your creative and your uh, copy working in terms uh, of like uh, ad fatigue and saturation because if you have smaller audiences to look at your frequency report sometimes uh, People have seen your ad like 20 times and it can hurt your brand as they market as spam. So, yeah, I, I advise to look at frequency and also first time impression share that can also be found on the inspect uh, side from your ad set. And then you can see how many people are seeing your ad for the first time and how many are like second, third. And, and that way you can see if it's time to change the ad creative. And you talked about the data points and conversions. If you've got a, a B2B site or a service site, that conversion could simply be that they've visited the page or it could be that they've clicked a link on the page or it doesn't have to be a purchase, does it? No, it can be anything uh, that that's uh, done on your site. For uh, I've even tracked... Uh, Call, like clicks on telephone numbers and yep. uh, clicks on email numbers because if you're using Google Tag Manager you can easily set up uh, any, anything that can be clicked on your website or, or any, any web, website visited video views uh, even time spent on your website you can yep. even make a conversion out of so what you what so what you're suggesting is basically we need to demonstrate so, so, so actually what I'm hearing here interesting is that if we can demonstrate to Facebook that we're getting lots of conversions, then Facebook's going to want to show our, show our ad more because it's de it, it's delivering what we want it to deliver. But you could, am I hearing that you could sort of trick it in a way by setting up conversions that are quite easy to achieve, as in, you know, maybe they've been on the site for five seconds, um, that builds the conversion number that then helps the other ads in the ad set. Is that right? Yes, definitely. It's uh, it's better to use uh, yeah the actual conversion as the conversion because then Facebook has more accurate the data and profiles of the people who are actually completing purchases. But Fair for point. smaller com yeah, but for smaller companies it's quite hard because the suggestion by Facebook is that you get fifty conversions per week. From one ad set and th that's quite a lot for a small company it doesn't mean that it doesn't work with smaller uh, like data sets but this is what facebook recommends and for smaller e-commerce stores for example i have optimized for add to carts instead of purchases because there's more of it and then my job is to see that people will not abandon uh, carts you can also run a, a campaign or like a creative for people who have actually added something to cart but did not purchase. Some even add a coupon for like uh, a discount just to save the sales that were abandoned. So it's, um, I see that the, the mach machine learning algorithms and Facebook is getting better. So your job is to have very good ad copy very good creative and 
very good uh, information about what you actually want to achieve. Usually you do not want to get clicks on your website. You want to get purchases, email signups and other things on your website. So it's quite crucial to set up conversion tracking if you want to get results from Facebook ads. And and you said that it's around having, so the structure is not having lots of campaigns, but having multiple ads in an ad set. Yeah, you can, uh, I usually try to set up campaigns in a way that uh, you can't have two objectives in one campaign. So usually when you want to test out, for example, video views and uh, conversions, then they have to be in separate campaigns. And under campaigns, you can test different uh, targetings. So uh, the structure would be that objectives are in campaigns, targeting uh, data is under ad sets, and creatives are under ads. And uh, in that way, you can mix and match and try to see what works. And the, like the time-consuming part of ad management is actually to set up the tests and, and just think of the um, targetings and the ad copies to test and depending on your budget then it seems it's uh, like how fast can you move forward like uh, it's it's uh, a mistake i've seen is that uh, uh, advertisers who have small budgets they try to test what works the best so they create like 10 different campaigns with 20 different ad sets with three different ads in each meaning that they need to actually spend a lot of money to get statistical significance for every ad set uh, and Facebook doesn't have enough data in every ad set to actually optimize. So it would make more sense to just start with a few campaigns, see what works, then change what doesn't work and then move forward. Then take another two things that you want to test against each other and move forward. It's uh, it gives you more data. It lets Facebook uh, optimize faster, and it's generally saving you more uh, money because uh, you are not just wasting time. Because if if really if you have like twenty or a hundred different ad sets and very little budget, then you have to decide on maybe three or five clicks. This is like, it's not enough to decide if it, if it's like chance or if it's actually working better. You, One of the key things is also about, as you've said, about the analyzing and um, any top tips on, uh, on, on connecting and integrating with analytics or, um, you know, what are the things that you need to definitely be looking for? What are the metrics? So you mentioned in, in Facebook, for example, to be looking at uh, first impression share, you mentioned to be looking at uh, frequency. What are the, the some of the key things uh, to further analyze in things like Google Analytics and, and other, other uh, tools? Well, the first step to actually analyze anything on Google Analytics, you need to use UTM tags, like URL parameters, and that's also something I've seen that uh, some advertisers are not using. So therefore, it's quite impossible for them to analyze the data on Google Analytics. They just see general referral data from Facebook, but they don't know which ad creative it was or which campaign or which targeting. And what's interesting is that uh, due to different technical uh, tracking uh, systems, Google and Facebook report different results. So it's also interesting to see uh, what's the difference. 
because Google always reports in favor to Google and Facebook reports in favor to Facebook. It's, uh, and the truth usually is somewhere in between. So it's useful to see uh, both of the statistics. And, yeah, and try, triangulate that data, I agree. Go on. Yeah, and uh, if I analyze the campaign, I usually uh, looked uh, at the end goal in mind. Like, if I get more clicks from one ad and they are more expensive, less expensive for example but there won't be any sales or the cost per sale is higher it might not be uh the ad creative or the one to actually like prefer and that's that's a mistake that i've also seen that if people haven't set up their conversion tracking they might uh, make decisions what ads to keep and what ads to pause uh, on uh, the data they get on their clicks and the cost per click but sometimes uh, more expensive clicks can get you cheaper uh, purchases that's why it's very important to uh, look at the data and set up your conversion tracking and if i analyze and optimize campaigns what i also look for is where are like the holes in the strategy like where are people dropping off for example if the ctr is very low it means that the creative is uh, not speaking to the audience really well they are not interested in it because they are not clicking on it therefore i know that i have to change the creative if the conversion rate is low I, I can see that people are clicking, I get the people on the website, but they are not buying, then I know that the problem is on the landing page. The, maybe the offer is uh, not good enough, maybe it's slow on uh, uh, mobiles, so uh, you can also look up uh, like reports on your Google Analytics by device and see if your conversion rate on uh, desktops is much higher than it's on mobiles, then maybe you need to work on your uh, mobile friendliness of the site. And uh, I have actually turned off mobile ads for people who have really slow websites just uh, because they, they need sales on, on desktop. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Well, well, you've introduced a, a question that I was going to ask you, which was around mobile. Um, of course, uh, with uh, Apple and the iPhone are really sort of pushing Facebook away. Um, has that changed uh, your strategy in any way at all? Well, it's quite new, so it hasn't fundamentally changed anything. But uh, what I've seen is that uh, the possibility to get uh, conversion data to Facebook is now lower because a lot of people are opting out meaning that even if you get sales from Facebook, Facebook won't um, have the data points. So it's uh, harder to get this uh, 50 conversions per week. They have uh, a calculated way to tell you that you get uh, enough uh, conversions, but it's, it's not that precise anymore. And therefore, uh, I have uh, started to uh, test and uh, use uh, objectives that are inside Facebook more. For example, if I want to get uh, email signups, I might not send them to a landing page to sign up. I might use lead ads. And also you can create retargeting lists from people who have uh, submitted your lead, lookalikes from it, and also people who have looked at your lead ads and didn't submit. So 
you can use those in Facebook targeting methods to grow your audiences. But then again, still, I advise uh, to another point is that don't be too dependent on Facebook. If you build everything in your marketing around Facebook and you get shut down by any reason, then it's, it's bad for your business. I think so. I think that's a, a very good point. Um, I I like the uh, idea of using more in-app um, adverts. So whether that be a, a Facebook form, as you were talking about, I think that's a really clever idea. Um, one of the things that I was debating yesterday was around, you know, if we're trying to build audiences to remarket, um, perhaps we, when we do that initial build of audience, we don't push. Uh, traffic from mobile because the chances of us knowing if they're on facebook and being able to remarket them is is a lot lower than desktop for example so um or android for example so so that was something that we were talking about yesterday i don't know if you've got a if you if you would agree with that or if it's too early to tell i haven't tested it myself but it sounds actually logical yeah. And uh, yeah, I have actually, yeah, I have excluded mobile when I know that the website is slow or it's not working very well on mobile devices. And you can, yeah. you can test it yourself or look at your Google Analytics report on devices. Uh, Katrin, this is, uh, you don't do many English speaking podcasts uh, and uh, you do a lot more uh, in Estonia. It, this has been brilliant. Uh, thank you. Your English is amazing my uh, ability to speak other languages is terrible uh, so thank you for <laughs> thank you for uh, having immaculate english um and um uh, what an interesting and fascinating conversation and it's really helped me view facebook ads quite differently um and uh, and i think that's brilliant so uh, katrin if people are wanting to contact you and would like some advice on facebook ads uh, uh the the strategy of how to use facebook where's the best place to find you katrin i think the best place is to look up my name on linkedin because that's the site that is in english other my profiles are more on estonian and i'm pretty sure that you, you don't understand it but on linkedin you can write to me you can find my email there and uh, and we can connect and you can add me as a friend if, if you want to talk to me later or just be in, in, in contact <laughs> well thank you so much i'm so pleased you joined us today uh, if you've been listening or if you've been watching thank you for watching thank you for listening um please do tell your friends if you if this was helpful tell your colleagues uh, let me know what other topics you'd like to hear about um and uh, please do feel free to to chat to katrin afterwards i'll put some notes in the show notes on the podcast um and uh, please do as i said share this like this comment on it but uh, for now katrin thanks for joining us and we'll she'll see you all soon take care bye bye been listening to the johnny ross audio experience thanks so much for joining me if you want to continue the conversation head over to my website fleet.marketing or find me on linkedin that's all for today please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts tag me in your social media posts and please leave me a review on itunes it will make a huge difference for me i will see you soon